Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Maltopia podcast. For our oldest and most loyal listeners out there, we wanted to let you know about our new Patreon page. Outside of our careers and time spent with family, the three of us here at Maltopia have been working every night and weekend for the past five years, building our company into what it is today. With your help, our goal is to make Maltopia our livelihood, allowing us to bring you higher quality content, exciting new podcast series, and published works, and a large central community for you to take part in. As a thank you for your support, we're offering exclusive perks and bonus content, like early access to podcast episodes, behind-the-scene creator videos, and more. Go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia today and explore our membership levels, and be sure to scroll through for free public content, some of which gives you a sneak peek at what you can expect when you become a member. From Mark, Steve, and Walker, thanks again for enjoying our podcast. And we hope to meet you soon on Patreon.
Eric knew death from both sides of its cowl, even on occasion sharing its skill as a reaper of souls. Or at least half of him did. The monstrous part that thrilled at killing, while the remaining portion only cringed. He recalled clearly all the lost beauty of his small life. A simple but glowing passage all but blacked out. The death of a poem. All of it replaced to the great tomb under the world, where lasting silence knelt close, whispering unending regret. From this, Eric knew life could be lived, and truly loved, only once, and he'd already had his chance. Resurrection was only a means to appreciate more fully what had been lost and could never again be recovered. Perhaps it was his mood, or perhaps the deathmatch looming from the distant field, but the dead not rose to Eric's awareness, an audible darkness. "'Tis a pity you are so lost to life, little brother, for I yearn for it, to see the sky, to fall upwards into its dazzling heights, to touch living flesh, if only to feel it die in my hands. Alas, I am only a dead king, my kingdom so many piles of whited bones. Sadder still, my brother has no love left, nothing that can live and breathe as once it had for Elizabeth, nothing at all left for Hazel but a bouquet of dead flowers. Eric mentally shot back. Spare me your false concern. You'd leave me down there if you could, in the cold and dark. You're no brother to me, only my tormentor. Perhaps. Or might I be your conscience, even your guilt? More likely still, I am the death of your heart, the end of weakness. You see, one you cannot love, cannot feel, and so is vulnerable to nothing. I am that strength, Eric. You hold yourself so high above me, little brother, but twas you who made me somewhere in that machine. As it sorted through the dust of your life, it found only me. I have always been dear to you. The strength you prayed for. Eric felt beaten by the words, slumping into the seat as the monster continued. Tell me, what would you have had me do to them, Eric the moralist? While they assailed her, her screams filling your ears as they beat you into death. You remember their faces, each one of them, in fact. The drunken rage mixed with the pleasure of beating a weakling. You needn't answer me. There's no lies between us. So do not blame death for your broken heart, little brother. And certainly do not blame me. Your heart cannot love because you filled it only with fury. Everything I kill is a gift to you. Every bone I break, every scream I coax from my victims. Our victims. 
is for you to imagine their faces. And it's not just drunken soldiers at a pub, is it? It's life itself you rage at, for taking you from her. That is why you made me, so that I might teach the world its own lesson. How to die painfully. Eric's tears gave way to sobbing as he placed his head into his hands. I... I miss her so much, brother. I... I, I can't take it. Yes. Yes, I, I would have had you kill them. Smash the goddamn brainless heads in. Wash me in their blood. Eric's hands wrapped around the steering wheel, waiting. I would have made music from their pain, Eric. Painted the very air with their screams. God in heaven, I wish you'd been there. Why now? Why now, damn it? Why, when it's far, far too late? Even with all your strength, she's beyond me. She's beyond us. It's all gone. I'm all gone. Over with. Eric stared at a small bit of the moon where it peeked from behind the clouds, tears streaking his face. You've learned so many things already, brother. But one thing we've both learned best, nothing is ever over. The Sushama was inhumanly tall and lank, almost insect-like, holding entirely still and fixing a predatory stare that focused nothing less than all its attention. Its face was narrow and dark, sporting thin, barbed teeth that lined the crescent moon of its grinning mouth. Clutching its hair into an overflowing topknot was a circlet of dusky bronze. The collected locks fell past the monster's waist, swaying impatiently. A piecemeal armor laced its body, the deeply tarnished metal enclosing and enhancing the various points of its body, spikes springing up from elbows and knees and heels. And barriers of blemished bronze stood vigil over its chest and groin. Emphasizing the abomination, just below two jutting prominences of curving horn, glowed its ghoulish eyes. They blazed deepest emerald, sickening the night with their tainted glow. Mars could practically taste the monster's violence. A warrior, then? Elsewise, you'd be slick in a sweet glaze of fear by now. Fortunately for me, the salt of a warrior's sweat is my favorite seasoning. With that, the creature reached to its back, producing a strange weapon, a bronzed staff tipped on both ends with clawed hands, hands that flexed with an agility unknown to metal. Mars was almost salivating when the creature folded into its first attack. The Sushama swung the bottom of its staff upward, allowing one of the metal claws to snatch a handful of dirt and rock, flinging debris into the Oversapien's face. Mars turned his eyes from the rubble as it struck, keeping his hands out in front of him. He realized the staff was still spinning, the claws of its free hand next in the rotation. 
Seizing the weapon behind its wrist, Mars halted its deadly momentum, yet the clawed hand only closed over his forearm with metallic strength. With Mars secured, the demon lifted him into the air, swinging him overhead and then plunging him towards the ground. Mars twisted his body at the top of the arc, his free hand reaching into the hem of his flowing longcoat to free the collapsible spear within. Landing on his feet, and in a seamless flurry of movements, Mars snapped the spear into place, springs and pulleys assembling the deadly weapon in an instant, and sent it speeding at the demon. Releasing Mars from the grip of its weapon, the demon shifted the staff sideways to deflect the spear. Mars was only a moment behind his projectile, slamming a knotted fist into the demon's face even as it turned back to face him. The warring spirit was trickling into the Malsapien's muscles, affording the blow a brutal impact. Fragments of broken fangs pinwheeled from the Sushama's slack jaws. The monster spun with the impact, swinging fully around to rake its claws across Mars's chest. The Warbringer stepped into the attack, grasping the monster's head, slamming his own into its bleeding face. Stepping back from the impact, one of its horns almost broken, folded over its left eye. The demon tried to insert space between itself and the Malsapien. Mars only sprung forward, the soft gleam of the hidden moon dancing across the blade he produced from his sleeve. Lowering its head, the thing's remaining horn caught the edge of the blade, turning it aside. In the remaining instant, the creature swung its staff up from beneath the Malsapien's lunge, the metal claw tearing across Mars's chest, following the curve of his underarm all the way to where his hand held the knife, disarming him. Unperturbed, Mars bear-hugged his opponent, pulling the beast down upon his knee where it smashed into the thing's groin, denting the overlying brass plate. The demon groaned as Mars chuckled directly into its face. I'll have to remember that for the next time I fight a demon. You all got balls. The Sushama only hissed and pushed Mars backwards, sending him flying. Again, the Warbringer adjusted mid-flight and landed firmly upon his feet. He'd tasted too much of the creature's violence to allow quarter. The warring spirit spread through him like fire now. This was no longer a fight. It was a feast. Mars closed the distance, snatching up his fallen spear along the way, snapping it into shape. The Sushama glared at the charging man while its mouth yawned inhumanly wide, freeing a swarm of massive wasps that spread thick and angry into the path of the Warbringer. Busting out the hoodoo, huh? Yeah, that's fine by me. Channeling the warring spirit into the spear, the weapon came under the sway of purest violence glowing with fires as common to warfare as flies to a corpse. The blazing weapon flew as if driven by a hurricane. Slicing through the swarm, it entered the demon's elongated mouth, its tip breaching the back of its skull. The impact ripped the monster from its feet, carrying it backwards through the high stalks until the exposed spearhead slammed into a scarecrow outstretched upon a wooden post. The Sushama felt silent. Mars raced through the burning cornfield until he stood before his impaled foe. No! You can't be dead! It's too soon! Get up! Fight me! You're a goddamn demon for Christ's sake! 
Mars seized the corpse and shook it. Come on, come on, wake up! Please! Mars fell to his knees, whispering into the rising flames. Please. Get up. Please. I need more. Despite the raging inferno, the button was cold beneath Eric's fingertip. It was a rare confluence of events that made his transformation almost tenable. His mind was clogged with grief and anger, and the fire was too thick to attempt a safe rescue. A better time than most to kill myself, he thought to himself. The only thing stopping him was Mars. He knew the sullen warrior would resent the interference, even if it was to save his life. And then there was the possibility his counterpart would be less than helpful, merely gas upon a fire. Ultimately, he decided to leave the matter to fate, striking out into the flames. Eric hadn't gotten far when he saw the darksome silhouette of the Warbringer, his swagger undiminished for the blaze. He also thought he glimpsed a shape hovering atop the man, outlined in smoke and fire. It stood taller than the highest flames, its head hidden in darkness. It had the bearing of a terrible warrior, perhaps a shield slung upon its back, a wicked axe clenched in its right hand. The wind roared, flattening the smoke, and the figure vanished. What the hell are you doing out here? Mars called to Eric. You trying to get yourself burned up? You can't cheat death if there's nothing left of you to transform. Eric was sure it couldn't be that easy, but it was a pleasant thought nonetheless. The fire was so heavy, and when you didn't come out, well... Mars paused at the sentiment, taking a moment to screw up his face with incredulity. Well, nothing. I'm fine. Get your ass out of here before it catches fire. Mars belted, not so much as flinching at the fires reaching for him. Once at the car... Eric eyed the strange metal staff that Mars proceeded to lay across the back seat. It had metal hands at either end, and he could have sworn one of the fingers twitched. Mars slid into the driver's seat and lit two cigarettes, handing one to Eric. Exhaling his first draw, Mars said, Got it out there. From the other guy. Who knows, uh, maybe it'll come in handy. Did you just make a joke? Eric said with feigned amazement. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I guess I did. Mars might have smirked, but the car was already beyond the fire's glow, so Eric couldn't be sure. The two men squinted as the headlights reflected brightly off a sign protruding from the side of the road. The sign declared an adjacent lane, Dangerous Passage, Be Wary. It was one of the many phrases used to indicate the presence of something uncanny and perilous. The world, even two decades removed from the darkness, still had reservations about speaking bluntly, preferring non-committal words and phrases to describe the consequences of the terrible year. The sign on the road leading to Deadwich was similarly worded, Disconnected City, proceed at your own risk. Shaking his head at the sign, Mars remarked, Be glad you get to take a dirt nap whenever shit hits the fan. Fucking world's gone to hell. Eric glared at the driver. That's what you think, isn't it? That I get the pleasure of sidestepping danger? That I'm a coward? 
Mars just shrugged. I, I didn't mean anything by it. I, I was just saying that you don't have to deal with shit head on, that's all. You get to sit it out while the dead guy does his thing. I get to sit it out, eh? Tell me, what keeps you in the fight, Mars? What makes you drive all the way out into the woods into the middle of the goddamn night to fight nameless opponents? I'll tell you. Fear. You fear death, Mars. You'd rather face down the devil himself than to go where I go, to see what I see. And yet I greet it repeatedly, almost regularly. I'd been in the ground for hundreds of years before they dug me up and threw what was left of me into that machine. And let me tell you a secret, my big gruff friend. Death is hell. You're right to flee from it. So the next time you're prancing around the battlefield, waving your little stick around, doing everything you can to avoid being snapped up into death, you remember who's down there, in the blackened guts of the monster you dread. And then you tell me how fucking lucky I am. The two were silent for some time before Mars cleared his throat and stuttered. Uh, so, sorry, Eric. The Garden City of Rotha, its inhabitants a shining testament to the Melengen, what it's capable of when genetic constellations shine like stars from the biological firmament. It was within its high-walled lanes where lush alien foliage overhung golden planters and frothed green and vital at the feet of alien paragons, where the machine was first gifted to man, where he sought out the secrets of the universe and found one. This was Castilian's home. With a silver bag slung over his shoulder, he made his way through the brightly lit streets of the subterranean city, the golden light falling across his flawless form as if to celebrate it. He was Hanuma, one of the last of the perfected races, and the only species still in service to its creator. His light-spilling eyes sought out the great tower to the east of the city, where the beacons of light failed to fully illuminate the underworld, the waning sky drawn deep and purple at the cavern's edge. Soaring atop pillars of white gushing water, deep springs channeled through sculpted silver maws, he drifted through the air by means of his superior mind, a sublime knot of flesh and soul tied together by forces older than the earth, its command of matter near absolute. The aesthetic of the tower, the progenon, was distinct from the rest of the city, which appeared not unlike a modern continuance of ancient Greece itself. Looming in perpetual dusk, the lone spire projected an organic majesty that hinted to its power over flesh and blood and bone. This was the place where the fruits of the machine were reaped, their potential realized. The Hanuma passed through the outer membrane of the structure, a curtain of radiant energy that trembled with all the grace and fluidity of a silken sheet hung in the wind. The darkness fled the light of Castilian's brilliant gaze as he glided through the inner halls of the structure, the giant appearing small beside the monstrous devices that lurched and crept from smoking vats and gurgling chambers the atmosphere a miasma of heady chemical broths and the various distillations of the liquefied dead. At least a half-dozen ghastly sentinels evaluated him as he approached the massive device he had come for, 
all of them bowing their scarcely discernible heads as he passed. It was sealed away by a transparent barrier that could have been taken for curved glass or the cornea of an eye. The distinction was almost immaterial, but for the plasticity it betrayed when the Hanyama slid a clawed hand into it, parting it like the belly of a riven fish, translucent strands snapping apart as the fissure widened. Moving through the stuff, tiny clear filaments searched across the giant for impurities in need of removal. Once on the other side of the material, which instantly and seamlessly resealed itself, Castilian stood before the machine. It was immense, rising far enough into the darkness that the light of the creature's eyes failed to entirely reveal it. Reaching out his mind, he summoned forth a vast portal that melted open from the device, its interior sealed away by another transparent veil. Castilian withdrew the contents of the silver bag. Once again, he held up Giovi's face to his own, the rest of the Oversapien's remains shifting within their slack container. You should be proud, Giovi Pelario. You and the rest of your kind are about to be perfected, your dormant greatness fulfilled for all time. Gathering the rest of the man into his arms, he passed them through the membrane, where they were welcomed to the other side by a sound not unlike the gnashing of teeth and the tearing of flesh, all of it unified within a growl of mechanical thunder that rose from the bowels of the machine. Castilian looked at the blood slicking his arms and spoke into the silence. Soon, Giovi. Your progeny will sit amongst the shining races of outer mystery, stars in the skies over creation, forever. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Maltopia Podcast. To help us grow and spread the word, we'd love nothing more than for you to like, comment, rate, and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. You can also connect with us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and tweet us on Twitter for the latest original artwork and important updates. And for even more about our ever-growing literary world, head to Maltopia.com to read our dark fiction and gain access to giveaways and discounts with our newsletter.